the podcast, people. You know, I was born in North Eden Colliery. I should have remembered that because my mother used to work for them. I'm champion lead at the rugby fight. She went flying over me pole into Bustelli. Welcome to the Voices from the Northeast podcast Halloween special part two. Hopefully you've listened to part one, the absolutely excellent story of the Wall's End witches, and you've tuned in for more spooky stories. Well, you're in the right place. Tonight's story comes from Rimside Moor, between Anik, Wooler and Morpeth, a long trail known as the Devil's Causeway that stretches over the moors between the woods and the crags. It's a really interesting story that has been told by many different people, but I cannot find written down anywhere. So my version is an amalgamation of the bits I've heard from other people over the years. Sit back, enjoy, and if you haven't got headphones in, take a second to go and find some headphones and put them in, because you will enjoy this story so much better that way. Let me tell you about Rimside Moor. In his Guide to Northumberland, William Weaver Tomlinson wrote that the moor was formerly much infested by highwaymen, who committed numerous outrages upon travellers passing between Annick, Wooler, and heading for Northumberland's Morpeth town. But more than highwaymen made use of this moorland, and its old Roman road. It is supposed to have been the meeting place for smugglers and other gangs of thieves. The thin woodland that edges some of the moor likely gave little shelter from cold winds, and opposite the inn that was once upon that road, also known as part of the Devil's Causeway, seemingly stood the ominous frame of gallows. It should, therefore, be no surprise that the area is rumoured to be haunted. On a cold January evening, Samuel Meek found himself upon the Devil's Causeway, bound for Morpeth. He travelled for work, and had many a time taken the route across the moorland, but he had always made sure to leave early in order to make good time and be at lodgings by sunset. The moorland was beautiful in the daylight, but treacherous when illuminated only by the cold pale moon. Today his plans had been thwarted by bad luck, and he had been forced to take to the road many hours later than he should have liked. A cold wind rushed down from higher ground, and he pulled his cloak tighter around himself to contain what little warmth he could. His horse, a strong and very capable steed on which he had travelled many times, kept its head down and continued their journey, even as the light of the day had waned and given way to the palest of moons. 
The moorland glistened in the silver light of the pale plate in the night sky. Somewhere in a nearby wood, a lonely owl hooted. Samuel looked ahead on the track, inwardly praying for a sign that the inn and refuge lay within reach, but he saw none. The dark path simply snaked its way in front of him across the moorland and into thicker mist. He gave his horse encouragement to move them forward with all haste that was safe in the misty moonlight. Some time later, at the rounding of a bend, where the road and the trees came close, the mist thickened across the road, until Samuel and his horse could see no further than a yard in front of them. The horse slowed, and Samuel saw their breath in the air as the cold fingers of the evening reached for them. The moon was hidden now, and yet the mist seemed so white it illuminated the path and themselves. It was then that Samuel heard the sound in the distance. A horse, he thought. A horse riding hard, and the sound was getting nearer. Fear took hold of him. Only a fool would ride so hard in such a mist. Any moment now, a rider would appear in front of him and his horse, and there would be a terrible collision. In fear, Samuel called out into the mist, his words being taken by the wind as soon as they were spoken. I say, take care, there are others on the road. Silence. The thunderous hooves of the horse stopped. They did not stop in front of him, but rather ceased to exist all of a sudden, as if somehow vanished themselves into the mist like they were made up of its own vapour and had returned to the air. Cautiously, and it should be noted not immediately, for he was shaken by the event, but in time Samuel encouraged his horse to continue their journey. Even at a cautious pace Samuel began to worry that he was now in fact not on a familiar road. Within the thick mist that lay across the moor Nothing seemed familiar to him. The silhouettes, the outlines of the oft-seen crags to his right and the wood to his left, seemed to be shaped differently when glimpsed fleetingly through the white blanket that smothered the moor this night. Quite suddenly, he heard a hoot of an owl somewhere close by, but he had no idea where, as the mist still surrounded him and his steed. Then suddenly... At the mercy of a sudden gust of icy wind, the mist was swept aside before him like the curtain being pulled from a stage. Samuel rubbed his eyes, once, twice, and then again. For in front of him, on the road, was no longer grass and dirt that he had so often tramped on horseback, but it was stone laid a new stone, and more terrifying to his eyes, 
Upon the road were men, many men, dressed in armour, carrying banners and swords at their sides. These men looked like men from history books. Roman, he thought. Some trick of the night, a delirium brought on by fear and panic within the mist, to be sure. He rubbed his eyes again to clear the vision before him, but the men remained. Then the men began walking towards him. His horse bridled, it even stepped back. He felt a cold bead of sweat run from his hair down his neck and the length of his spine as the soldiers marched towards him. Behind him, he heard the hoot of an owl again, and he turned back to the advancing soldiers in time to see another great curtain of mist swallow them and the path in front of him. Samuel and his horse were within the thick white mist again. This time fear turned him to action, and knowing the path truly lay before him in a straight line, be it stone or grass, he kicked his horse and commanded it to gallop, and it did. With the energy of a thoroughbred, his horse ran forward, the mist seemed to part and swirl around them as they cut through it. Within moments, the distant and unseen owl again called out a hoot, and soon after, hooves ahead of them could be heard, getting closer, racing towards them again. Samuel called out a warning to the incoming horsemen. No word of reply came back. Then suddenly, the mist before Samuel parted and through it tore a dark figure, cloak flapping in the wind and gun held out before him, his horse racing towards Samuel's own. Nothing could be done. The collision was set and the highwayman roared straight at him. As Samuel cried out, Dear God! The mist swirled suddenly around the highwayman and his horse and both vanished in an instant into the white. In this moment, the cold air seemed to creep under Samuel's cloak. In the faint distance, the lonely owl hooted again. The mist swiftly drew back and the world faded from his view as Samuel toppled from his horse to the heather below. Waking in the warmth, Samuel was shocked to recognise the first face he saw. Not a ghoul or a spectre or a highwayman or a Roman, but Ted Sandiford the innkeeper at the very inn he had been bound for. The man looked down at him and spoke, Why, Mr Meek, you gave us a turn. I've no idea how long you were outside the inn lying there in the heather, but I'm grateful for my forgetting to check the locked stables, else I'd have never come out again till morning and you'd have been frozen there to death not five foot from the door. Samuel Meek never told his tale until the last year of his life. He feared he'd be laughed at, 
even though plenty others told tales of strange happenings on Rimside Moor and along the Devil's Causeway. His family have kept the tale, sharing it only occasionally with friends and those others willing to share their strange experience. That is how I came to hear of the tale, after one evening walking the moor road myself when the mist came down around me. And I would swear to this day that I heard a man call out from somewhere. I say, take care, there are others on the road. A moment later, the mist cleared and the road was empty ahead of me. Thank you so much for listening to these two special Halloween episodes of the podcast. They've been an absolute hoot to record. Recording um, the first episode with Sylvia and then sitting down to pull my um, ideas together and record and edit the story for tonight's episode set up on the moors. I hope you've enjoyed it. They were a labour of love to record and edit and you know, the, the extra bits of audio that are in there was fun to pull together something a little bit different to a normal episode. Speaking of normal episodes, normal service on the Voices from the Northeast podcast will resume next week in the next episode. I don't know quite what we're covering yet because we've got a long list of topics that I've pre-recorded things for. Everything from the NHS in the 70s to some more tales from down in North Seton. So you'll just have to tune in and find out. Take care of yourselves, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for continuing to support and share the show with your friends and family and loved ones all over the world. It's massively appreciated. Take care of yourselves. Be kind. Stay safe. and Stay well. <laughs>